The issues that matter most, right here. The Drew Mariani Show on Relevant Radio. In the 15th century, the Dutch painter Hieronymus Bosch even painted this theme in his painting, Ascent of the Blessed. In the foreground and the bottom of the painting, we see people who are dying. And as they are dying, they're surrounded by spiritual beings who attempt to turn their attention upwards. Above them, there's a tunnel. And at the end of the tunnel is a very bright light. As these people go through the tunnel, they kneel reverently into the light. So we know then that these experiences have existed among human beings from time immemorial. In this light, they often tell us that they see relatives or friends of theirs who have already died, who seem to be there to meet them and to greet them and to help them through this transition. The Drew Mariani Show on Relevant Radio. Yeah, well, let's, let's talk about another reality if we can, and that is, that's life after life. And I, I love that audio that Maggie just played for us there. And it, it, one of the great um, encounters you and I will all have, that was uh, Dr. Raymond Moody on research he did called Life After Life, uh, where he interviewed hundreds of people who had near-death experiences and compiled similarities uh, to those, those testimonies. And the one consistency of those who die and return, well, is that they lose their fear of death. And I've always struck by that. If someone told you that death was something to look forward to, how would you react to that? How would you think that they were crazy, right? I mean, I'm not looking forward to death. Uh, but it's not something to be feared, right? The answer is no, it's not to be feared. It's rather something that we must prepare for. This is what the vast majority of those who had these brushes with the afterlife, what are called today near-death experiences, often say they return to tell whether they're Catholics or Protestant or Pentecostals or Jews uh, about the experience, and it's very similar. I mean, there have been something like 8 million near-death experiences. Gallup poll, they, they, they estimate anywhere from 8 to 12 million people have had a brush with death and have returned to, to share and talk about it. You know, and this is not just a new phenomenon. Yeah, we've got resuscitation techniques that really help to bring people back from the brink of death. You know, you got defibrillators, you got all these things that can resuscitate a human being. But this goes back at least as far as the Bible. You know, I, I think of Paul in 2 Corinthians 12, where he says, I know a man in Christ who 14 years ago, whether in the body I do not know or out of the body I do not know, God knows, such a man was caught up in the third heaven. So there are these similar allusions in the books like Revelation and Ezekiel, you know, uh, even popes who have written about or reflected on the reality of the next life. Uh, you know, those who have died, and I've interviewed several people who have, and come back, they, they lose their fear of death. Uh, they claim that when you die, it is a feeling of total and complete peace. It's such a total peaceful sensation that the one thing you think you might have in those final moments is fear. There's no fear. In the actual process, the actual moment of death is most often described as painless. There's no pain. Yeah, what what does happen, and this is what's so cool, they claim that your senses are, are fantastically heightened, that you have a heightened awareness and almost a, a, a release from the body. 
You know, we're, we're body and soul, right? But there's almost, uh, they describe a release, a new freedom, like taking off wet or dirty clothes. You're not asleep. There's no fading to black. You leave this world, this life in full consciousness. You, you, you transition from this life to your eternity, to your true state. And, and fear is recognized as a wasted emotion. Death's a process. It's not an ending. It's just the beginning. That's what's so unique, so powerful, so beautiful about this. It's like the mystical ecstasy described by St. Teresa of Avila, right? And, and why we have to discern all these experiences, and you need prudence in all this. Some of these things can be deception. Some of these things there can be logical explanation for. Um, I do believe that God, in a time where we have rejected him, is allowing humanity to recognize that you know there's more to this life than how much money you have in your bank account or how many homes you own or what how many initials are after your last name. It doesn't matter, right? The vast majority of people who die report seeing Jesus as a brilliant light, even those who are agnostic or even atheistic. And I've got an atheistic brother-in-law who thinks when he dies, he's going to blank out. He's just going to fade. It's over. Those who had no belief in God or who rejected him outright had this encounter with this brilliant light. And the good news is the absolute consistent lack of fear for those who survived. As I said, resuscitation through modern medical technology or, or maybe even given a miraculous reprieve, those who've had these experiences uh, describe it virtually in identical way, that, that life is like a channel on a radio. This is how it was once described to me. I thought, this is so brilliant. It's such a great way to look at death. You one day will die. You're going to take your last breath. Okay, and you're going to have to account for every second you've lived, for all the good you've done and all the good you have failed to do, right? You're going to have to uh, stand before God, who is all truth and all love and account. And, and those who die, whether agnostic or, or atheist, whether Protestant or Jew, whether Catholic, it doesn't matter, right? I, they, they claim that life is like uh, a channel on the radio, that death is just switching the channel or you know, putting, setting it to a new frequency, you know, it's like waking from a dream, but now having a far clearer vision and often the accident victim, you know, they, they claim that sometimes they, they feel no pain that they're, I, I spoke to a woman who was in a plane crash and as the plane was going down, she was a small little Cessna in Colorado. Um, she knew she was going to die. And she grabbed the ha the the hand the the uh, what do you call it? the armrest on her seat so tightly that her long nails all broke off. Her fingers were bleeding. Uh, she felt in that moment at first when the plane started to go, <gasps> shock, right, fear. What's going to happen? And then as that plane was imminent, like going to crash into that mountainside, into those trees, fear left her. Peace washed over her, and. She could see everything. Now the plane tore through the top of the trees. It spun. It flew. It caught on fire. She was thrown from the plane. Rescue crews came to try to save anybody that might be alive, and she died. And then she had this near-death experience in which she crossed to the other side. Um, she was dead like twenty minutes. Um, they worked on her. She eventually came back and shared shared her experience, but she called it a spiritual birth into the, into the spiritual world. Don't you love that? It is. It's a, you know, we, we come through the birth canal in this world. We have a very physical birth. You're going to have a spiritual birth. You know, I don't know how many more days or seconds I even have left on this life, 
but I am going to be reborn into a spiritual reality, into a spiritual world. Um, even in purgatory, they say that those who end up in purgatory, there, there's a joy just knowing with certainty that there is eternity. It's, it's, it said that everyone in heaven appears as they did in their prime, in their mid-20s, you know. And, and, and when children die, they're, they're not children after death. They, too, appear in their prime, which is going to be kind of weird, right? But, I mean, how do you get your head around that one? But deceased loved ones often appear in the afterlife, and they, they look the best they did in their lives. Uh, and and this, this happens frequently after somebody's died in accidents or painful deaths, Um uh, Heaven is like a new lease on life. It's a, it's a place of rest and peace and love. It's, a, it's an encounter with God. It's as St. Faustina said, a place where no mind, be it human or angelic, will ever be able to fathom the depths of God's mercy. I think it's a place of wonder and of mystery. And as St. Paul writes, no eye has seen, no ear has heard the beauty that awaits what God has prepared for you after you draw your last breath. I just love it. I'm joined today by a Catholic priest who I love. He, he did a Divine Mercy series with me. I think it was a year ago, maybe even a little bit longer than that. Um, and he reflected on, on St. Faustina. I had the opportunity to speak to him just recently. I was away, as I shared with you, in Maine, and he, he actually hails from, from Maine. It's good to have him uh, with us today. He's from Scohegan, uh, Maine, and uh, he is a pastor there. He's a pastor of Christ at King Parish in in Scohegan, Maine, and uh, his name's Father Jim Nadeau. And uh, he sent me a, a document. I thought, we've got to talk about this. He, he too, is now looking into near-death experiences and the beyond. And uh, he had a great lecture on this, but he had an encounter with his own father. And I thought, you know, Father, why don't you come on and share this with everyone? So he joins me today. We'll take your calls and questions, and we'll talk, and we'll dive into this. And you know, you're always welcome here at 888 Father, welcome back. It's a delight to have you here. Good afternoon. Good afternoon, Drew. Welcome to be with you. Yeah. I was, um, my dad was 42 when he had his first uh, heart attack, uh, quadruple yeah. bypass. And I, I was in college at the time and, and he just, just started talking to me and it just got me into thinking about uh, these near-death experiences and the beyond and then as I became a theological student, what it can teach us about purgatory and the beyond. And my my dad, uh, 42, uh, he, he, he typical a near-death experience, out-of-body experience, like you referenced in the Gallup survey of over 8 million adults around the world of what they've experienced. And there's sort of eight points that they all seem to agree on. But my dad said, he was up in the corner of the room, and he could see them working on them. He could hear them. He could do everything. He saw the light. He saw the kind faces. And, and then he was resuscitated and came back. And, and it got me thinking about these near-death experiences and the out-of-body experiences. What can that teach us about the afterlife? Hmm. So what did your father say when he came back? Did it change him? What, what, what happened to him? Oh, yeah, it changed him totally. He no longer smoked. <laughs> he went to Mass every day. He was, it was just a total different experience. He said he felt calm. He felt the relief. He saw the light. And I and I can tell you, even you know, growing up, I grew up in a French, very French, rural Catholic background. But prior to that 
uh, his heart attack and that experience, I'd never remember him hugging me. Wow. After that, if I didn't hug him, he got all upset. Oh, my gosh. There was just a whole new experience of how important life is and what we have here right on the earth. Wow. Yeah, it's so amazing that you say that because it is transforming. We realize that, you know, what we're living for here, our retirement or for whatever, you know, it means nothing. I mean, you work your entire life for a very small window and we don't take anything with us. There was a man I know who had a heart attack and he was, he died too. He was resuscitated on the way to the hospital. And when he died, he had this life review. And when he came back, uh, his life was so radically changed that he says, I could not stop talking about God. He says, you know, I'd be pumping gas, you know, and a car next to me, I'd, I'd try to strike up a conversation. I'm in the line at a grocery store. I'd bring up this conversation. He'd want to tell everyone. And there was a, a nurse there that had heard he died and was brought back. And she said to him, she says, George, t- tell me, um, what was it like? What was it like? And at first he didn't want to say anything. He didn't want people to think he was crazy for having these, this experience, you know? But then he realized God wanted him. He gave him this opportunity to make a difference. And the woman broke down and started crying. She says, I lost my six-year-old son. He was hit by a, a drunk driver. And she says, I just cannot let go. I think about him all the time. And tears began to roll down her face. And she just started to cry. And he described to her the fact that life goes on, that she will be reunited, mm-hmm. and the beauty that awaits us. And it gave her such comfort that it put him on this mission to go ahead and to to go ahead and to start sharing this with others. Father, let's talk before we get into some more stories, and we'll take some calls here too. There's a lot of people out there saying, eh, you know, near-death experiences, it's a chemical reaction in the brain, it's a loss of oxygen, it's this, it's that, it's neurological. How do you respond to those who claim that, you know, this is nothing more than some sort of natural phenomenon? And how do we discern yeah. the difference between what's now unfolding and, and the fact, because I personally believe we live forever, that, that God created us to be with him for all eternity. So, And I've spoken to neurologists and other doctors who have studied 13,000 of these uh, accounts, and they clearly are convinced that uh, there's more to life than, than what's on this side of the veil. But let me, let me throw that to you. Yeah, you're certainly right. And, you know, there's been an exceptional cross-cultural uh, studies, experiments, and research on this. So this is not just a Catholic phenomenon, but it's a cross-cultural uh, uh, phenomenon that we have. For example, uh, Ring and Coopers, they did research on 31 patients um, who had near-death experiences and out-of-body experiences, but were blind from birth. I know, it's crazy. And when they had their out-of-body experience, they could actually see for the first time. Wow. They could see. Uh, there was 80% of the blind had visual perception during clinical death. The, the patients were blind from birth, but the first time they saw was that, that experience. And, you know, when you look at all this, given the insurmountable difficulties of explaining this phenomena physically, it corroborates the likelihood of a transphysical experience after physical death. So there's this trans-physical experience which defies the laws of physics. That's why we're outside the body. That's why we can see things. 
uh, emerging outside the body and looking down. This this transphysical component is completely intact without the physical body. Yeah. And it's self-conscious, and it's seeing and hearing without the biological organs associated with those functions. Uh, that's why it, it's extremely enlightening from a scientific point of view, uh, but also from a spiritual point of view, when we look at the lives of the saints and people who have come back from the dead and have seen things. Uh, even Jesus, when he rose from the dead, they saw his body. That's they true. They could touch it. Yeah, that's true. My guest whole... today is, is Father Jim Nadeau. Go ahead, Father. Uh, we're talking, just joining us about near-death experiences. Father has been studying them. He had a personal encounter with his father. And Go ahead, Father. Let you pick it back up. No, it, I, I think these, these uh, experiences that people have had, they're not subject to the human laws of physics, yeah. such as gravity or restrictions imposed by physical mass, such as walls and doors. That's why Jesus himself, even though all the doors are locked, he appeared inside. And so there is... Yeah, go ahead. Isn't that funny? I don't want to step on you. I want you to do the talking here. It's just I, I, people who've been in operating rooms who have no access to knowing what's going on in other areas of the hospital who die on the table can say, hey, on the upper left-hand corner of the hospital roof, there's a, a sneaker. And they had no way of seeing that, but their body, their soul left their body. They were able to watch. They were able to hear the conversation of the surgeons. And some could even know what's going on at great distances, what's happening in their own home or places like that. They seem to, as you point out, defy the laws of physics. And even though, you know, the, the, that entity doesn't have, you know, you know the, the tympanic membrane of the ear and things like that to hear they know somehow so yeah. it, it is it is pretty weird that this auditory ability that they have how do you explain that i don't think you can but i mean what, what's your thought on that i think it just all these experiences show us that the there is a trans physical component to uh the afterlife to these near-death experiences uh, to what we experience, and I think other people might have experienced it before. I mean, I, I, I actually know someone <laughs> that uh, he had a near-death experience, was resuscitated, and the nurse couldn't find his dentures. And he told her where she had put them wow. <laughs> when he was being resuscitated. Oh, my gosh, that's amazing. And, and, and he so said that we, we have these experiences, and... Um, there's a transphysical component that science uh, can't explain, but I think science and spirituality kiss at this point. Yeah, what a beautiful way of putting it. To My guest today is Father Jim Nadeau. Father, let me take a short break. When we come back, let's talk about that. We'll talk about uh, not just these gifts, these abilities that a soul has, what happens at the moment of death. But we can talk about the life, uh, the light phenomena that people encounter. What that is, the life review, that's another consistency. And then the reality of being in what is another world. That conversation and more when we return. If you want to get in, you can join us too. 888-914-9149. We'll be right back. Fall into the spirit of giving by donating your car to Relevant Radio. The proceeds from your car, truck, motorcycle, or boat will support your favorite programs. RelevantRadio.com slash car.
The Drew Mariani Show on Relevant Radio. Well, thank you for being with me today. If you're just joining us, I'm joined by Father Jim Nadeau. He has uh, been studying near-death experiences. He's a wonderful Catholic priest from Scohegan, Maine. And I, I had the opportunity to talk to him recently, and he was sharing an experience that his, his father had. He wrote a great lecture on this. I said, Father, you got to share it with, with my spiritual family here, with those who tune into me every day, because, look, we all make this journey. We all will make this journey. One day we will all draw our final breath. Our heart will beat for the final time. And then we will have that encounter, that encounter of light that so many describe, that tunnel, there's a consistency with that, the life review, in uh, a new reality, a new eternal uh, eternity, free from the bonds of this world, from the suffering, from the struggle of this life. We're about to enter our true state. I had spoken to a physician who studied 13,000 near-death experiences, as well as individuals who cross from the other side. And... Uh, the experiences can be different, but they also have a great commonality, a great similarity too, to them. And um, I remember reading one time Our Lady saying to a, a visionary, she says, if you just abandon yourself to God, if, you, if you're right with God, if you're living with God, you're not even going to feel the passing of this life to the next. You're going to begin to live the life of heaven on earth. And isn't that what we are called to do? Huh? Is that not what we're called to do? We should be living heaven on earth. We should be in that union with God. We should be longing for him. The great saints long to be with God. There was a Swiss researcher named Albert Heim. He said the process of dying is far more frightening to onlookers than it is to the dying themselves. And it's a unique process. I want to take you through what, what are the other weird things that happens? And weird's not the right word for it. One of the other, let's say, beautiful things that happened. There was a classic uh, study that was tabulated. A lot of physicians and nurses, they, they talked to those who around people who died. And they asked them what they observed um, at the moment of death around these patients. And in breaking down about 1,000 cases of what seemed to be visions during terminal illness, the study found that almost 87% of those experienced these visions. They, they, they had elevations of clear consciousness. You know, somebody who was really out of it suddenly came back, and they were very lucid, right? Somebody who might have been really depressed or suffering, their mood elevated. They suddenly had clarity and relief from that. And, and they were, even they might have been sedated, even though they were under, they didn't appear to be under sedation or being delirious. And they described at this moment in time uh, being visited by Departed loved ones. Some claim to have seen their angels. Some have even seen saints or, or, or even Mary or Jesus. Sometimes they were told it's not their time. But it, I'm sure you had these experiences too, I'm sure. I, I know many people. My own father, when he died, had a vision of an angel prior to his death. You know, he woke up in the middle of the night as he was battling with cancer. And he just saw this this angel, this this wraith, he described it, this luminous figure sitting in a chair next to him. And it was very peaceful. Um, many people have these experiences. Father, let me ask you about that. We'll pick it up. So we know that death loses its sting, as St. Paul writes. The fear of death is gone. And as, as some say, the changing of a channel from one transition to another. Um, at that moment prior to death, and they said doctors and nurses and others have all reported a similarity with those who claim visions or encounters. How often does somebody, as they approach the threshold of eternity, have these encounters or these visits, perhaps, with loved ones that have gone before them? 
I think I think the number isn't known officially, but I think it's it's great. I mean, I've been at the deathbeds of several people, uh, and I can confirm one right now that I'm thinking off the top of my head, devoted to Mary, always praying the rosary. And she was on her deathbed. I was called to give her the sacrament of the sick and the apostolic blessing, which, as you know, is a plenary indulgence that remits all punishment in this life or the life to come so they go right up to heaven, which is important. And... Uh, she was praying the rosary, or praying the rosary, she died, and there was a smell of roses. Wow. I mean, because normally when that happens, there's a different smell in the room, but uh, she said, I see her. And then she died, and there was just the smell of roses in the room, which was not there before. And as one of the prayers say that we have in the, the prayer book for the souls who are dying is that may, may Mary come to greet you and bring you into your heaven, you know. So so I, I think those happen often, but often people aren't, are, are, aren't aware of them or they're not using the sacraments and things. Um, but, oh, no, God knows us by name. He knows the hair on our heads. Yeah. And uh, so you can rest assured he knows us. Yeah. Let's take a call or two for you, too, Father. Kelly is listening in Albuquerque, New Mexico. Kelly, good afternoon. You're on the air with Father Jim Nadell. Oh, hi there. You know, um, I have my father um, never was very religious when we were growing up, and mm-hmm. he was literally on his deathbed and and he came to and when he did come to he was just giddy and laughing and talking about how he had seen his father and how young his father was and his father had died when he was a young man and so um, that was really comforting to me Um, I was just talking about it with my daughter because um, my husband has just recently passed away. And um, I'm I'm hoping I'll have some some signs of, uh, you know, him being back in our lives. So, and Drew, I just want to thank you for everything that you do in this this show, helping me um, greatly. Thank you. You got it. Kelly, I'm sorry to hear about your loss. I really am. Yeah. Uh, I count on my prayers, though. I will. I'll remember you tonight when my wife and I pray our, our, our novena. We'll remember your, you. I mean, imagine, losing a spouse has got to be so difficult. And yeah, I, I hope your husband does reach out. I hope you do get signs. Now, Father, we have to always be careful. We don't want to conjure the dead or, or try yeah. to communicate yeah. with them. But we have to pray for them. And sometimes I think they do. They do leave signs. My mother and my father were deeply in love. They they were married, you know, years. And um, when my father died, my mother never had a dream of that. You know, my sisters would, other people would, people would claim these encounters. But I, I guess it's maybe a mercy of God. You know, maybe mm-hmm. sometimes that that happens. We don't always all get it. It'd be nice if we did. But but your thoughts for Kelly and your thoughts for those, you know, I, I guess we should caution people, you know, don't try to communicate with your dead. I was watching a documentary and people miss their loved ones so much. They'll go to mediums in an attempt to try yeah. to talk to them. And uh, what you'll do there is really enter into a world of, uh, of darkness. You don't want to deal with that. That's not the real right. deal. But, but I'll let you speak to that if you could. 
Certainly. And uh, Kelly, my condolences as well. And I here in Maine, I'll have Mass some, uh, few hours ahead of you, but uh, yeah. uh, tomorrow morning I'll have Mass at 8 o'clock in the morning. And here at Notre Dame de Lourdes, we will pray for your husband and for your family. But 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 know that uh, we do believe, as we profess in the creed, in the communication of the saints. So those who have gone before us, you know, we can communicate with them. Sometimes they communicate with us, uh, but but we know their presence, and 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 so that's a good thing. And the second thing I would say is, at, at all times, you know, whenever we can. Offer masses for our deceased, you know, because there's no greater thing to do. If they haven't had a chance to receive uh, the, you should call it the last rites or the sacrament of the sick, and in particular it's called the apostolic blessing, because the apostolic blessing gives a plenary indulgence, which um, is by the authority of the apostolic seat given to me, I grant you full pardon, remission of your sins, and all punishment due them in this life or in the life to come. And so with that apostolic blessing, they're immediately going to heaven. And and so for those who have not had the chance to have the apostolic blessing, that's why we offer masses to pray for their souls. That's why we offer various sacrifices. We say the rosary for people. Because um, you know, our goal for everybody is holiness. And all these things we have are instruments for us to obtain holiness and to obtain it uh, for those who have gone before us if they haven't had the chance in this life to do it. Mm-hmm. And so there, that connection, what's that prayer that it says at funerals? It says, um, uh, all the good things we have done in this life do not unravel with us, yeah. but they go with us into eternal life. Yep, amen to that. So all those good things they did, they go with them. In the meantime, we can push them, help them with our with our our prayers. I, I remember um, when I was up north in Maine and Fort Kent, uh, I got a phone call. I I taught some homeschool students, and anyways, I got a phone call. Uh, I said it was a twelve-year-old young man. He said, "Father, you got to come quick." My dad had a heart attack, and he needed to give him the apostolic blessing. This is a 12-year-old knowing that the apostolic blessing would gain in in heaven. And so I hurried to Frenchville. It was the one time I had to speed. I had to go to confession for that. (laughs) But but then they were were doing CPR on him until I get good there and give him the apostolic blessing. That's why it, it, the, the, the church has this treasury of blessings to help uh, us get to heaven. That's our goal. Uh, my, my guest today, Father Jim Nadeau, speaking of that, you know, the month of November is, is coming up, and I just want to put a quick plug in for two things. I want to talk about the importance of Mass as Father and some of the things we can do to get some, some indulgences and some grace coming up in November. But I also want to let everyone know, starting um, uh, on November 2nd, that's right around the corner here, all the way through the 10th, uh, Relevant Radio is going to be praying in Novena for our departed loved ones. So if you have somebody who's gone before you, if you've lost your spouse or a child or a parent or whoever it may be, uh, we, we really want to pray for you. We're going to have mm. daily Mass offered 
every day for that novena. We're going to remember this intention during the Chapel of Divine Mercy, which I pray every afternoon. And then Father Rocky will be leading the rosary at night at 7 p.m. Central, and you can join him for that. And we're just going to blanket your loved ones in prayers mm. for that novena. Mm. And all you have to do is just, uh, submit the name of your deceased friend or your family member uh, on our website. Just go to relevantradio.com slash souls. That's relevantradio.com slash souls. And put their name in, and you can submit all of them. Maybe you, you know, you've had a lot of loss in your life. You know, there's no limit, and uh, I know they all need prayer. So just go to the website, do that now. Would you go to relevantradio.com/souls? Create your list of departed loved ones. We're going to gather that name. We'll print them out, and we will pray for you. I promise. Uh, noon mass, uh, our power chaplet of divine mercy, and of course, the Rosary Cross America at seven. Central, and you can pray with us on the app or on the website or on the station that you're, you're listening to. And, and Father, let's speak about what the church gives us, because I think this is important. We could talk about near-death experiences and what awaits us on the other side, but we're all going to die. And when I die, and for some reason God calls me home, please pray for me. I need prayer. I do, you know, and I, I hope I have a ton of masses offered for me after I'm gone. What is the church making available to us, and how can people tap into it? Yeah, I, the first thing is one of the things uh, I'm going to let you know. When one of my when I get busy at the at the office and things, I I tend to go to the cemetery where there's nobody around except the dead, and I say my rosary and I look at the tombstones and I'm like, oh yeah, I buried that one, or or you know sometimes they have uh, messages like, you who pass by, say a prayer for me. And it is it, it, just really, really great. Cause, and the church itself, there is a handbook of indulgences. It used to be called Encouridian Indulgentium, but the new one was put out in 1968 after the Vatican Council. And it sort of lists, you know, what you can get for a partial indulgence, a full indulgence. Because an indulgence is a, the remission in the eyes of God of the temporal punishment due to sins whose culpable element has already been taken away. Yeah, I confess it. But the Christian faithful who are rightly disposed and observe the definite and precise conditions gain this remission of the temporal and everlasting punishment. And it comes from the treasury, the expert works of Christ and the saints. And so, you know... You say rosary in church before the Blessed Sacrament. You can get a full indulgence for someone. And particularly coming up in November, November is, of course, you know, all souls, uh, as you rightly mentioned, with praying for the all souls. Uh, But it's a chance for us to also visit cemeteries, because visiting a cemetery uh, from November 1st through November 8th, you can gain a plenary, a full, full, full indulgence. And this is what it says in the handbook. An indulgence is granted the Christian faithful who devoutly visit a cemetery and pray, even if only mentally, for the dead. The indulgence is applicable only to the souls in purgatory. This indulgence is a plenary full one from November 1st to the 8th and can be gained on each one of these days. Otherwise, the other days of the year, the indulgence is a partial one. But so, so there are things that we can do to actually pray for those who have died, and uh, especially if they have not had the benefit of the sacraments, 
particularly the sacrament of the sick and the, the apostolic blessing. And, right. and and the church teaches it's a holy and gracious thing to pray for the dead. Amen to that. Let me grab another call or two before our next break. Kathy's listening in Platte, South Dakota. Hey, Kathy, thank you for joining us. Good afternoon. Hello. Hello. Hi, Kathy. Yeah, my question is, um, I want to make sure I get the apostolic blessing if I have last rites, hopefully. And why would I ever have to worry that I might not get the apostolic blessing? Why don't you do it every time without any question? Very good. It's a good question. And normally, I, uh, if I get caught, for example, in my ministry, I have several nursing homes. So uh, once a month, I give the sacrament of the sick. I anoint them. And if they are seeming very ill, I will give them the apostolic blessing at that time. Uh, and so the other thing, too, is I've had people call me, like various people I knew from college, and I say, I say, make sure you ask the priest to give you the apostolic blessing. So they sometimes, uh, some nurses will say, just give us the sacrament of the sick, the anointing of the sick. Uh, but if they are in... Um, near near death they should be given the apos- i i always give it to them i'm uh, maybe i'm more uh, cautious and i give it to more people than i should but i i give it to them because i just yeah. want them to get to heaven Amen. i love it that's but a great think, question but i think you just would ask so, you know yeah. i want to attack them the sick and tell the priest to give me the apostolic blessing Amen. I'm with you. Uh, please get. <laughs> I, I pray to God I have it too, Kathy. You're not alone. Yeah. Hey, Father, I have to take a short pause. When we come back, um, let's talk more. I, I want to pick up uh, on part of the conversation we were having about what happens after death. And we talk about how the body leaves. But many people talk about a light phenomena. They have a great life review. We're all going to be judged. We can talk about that judgment. And then the reality of a whole other existence, another world, encountering other beings. So we'll dive into that. We'll take a few more calls, and our conversation will continue right after this. Catholic Order of Foresters is proud to sponsor the Relevant Radio Studio line. For information about employment opportunities and flexible premium life insurance plans, visit relevantradio.com slash forester. After you climb up the ladder of time, the Lord God is near. Face to face in the vastness of space, your words disappear. And you feel like swimming in an ocean of love, and the current is strong. But all that remains when you try to explain is a fragment of song. The Drew Mariani Show on Relevant Radio. Hey, thank you for joining me. So good to be here with you today. If you are just joining us, we're talking with Father Jim Nadeau. He is... Um, Recently, uh, well, he's, he's, he's exploring near-death experiences, and he actually wrote a, uh, um, a great, I, don't know, I guess it's a talk, a presentation on near-death ex- experiences and what awaits us on the other side. And you know, this is something that has always fascinated me, and you and I are both going to make this same journey. I don't know how many days God has given you to live, how many days I have to live. We shouldn't look at it like that, because the reality is, is that you and I, we're created to live forever. So no matter how difficult, no matter how depressing life seems, no matter how sad a situation may appear, 
I want you to know there is always literally a light at the end of the tunnel. There's a light at the end of every, every minute you live counts. You were put on earth to claim Christ's victory. Every minute you've been given is a test of your love and your humility, of your trust in the goodness and the mercy of God. So I know you're going through a trial right now. I know times can be difficult, you know. These are opportunities to gain patience, to exercise those virtues, to build those virtues. You know, and I think if you look at life sometimes, I tend to do it. I, I look at it almost as a big test. It becomes more meaningful. It makes more sense. And it almost becomes more exciting. You know, life is a challenge. But what awaits us after this life is a new life. And Christ came to remind us of that reality, that we are spiritual Right? Not just physical beings, that our consciousness does not end when we die. We don't blink out. Our existence does not turn into nothingness, despite what some believe. I have a brother-in-law who's an atheist who believes that. I have philosophers would argue that. You know, the bottom line is that Earth is temporary. You live, what, seven, eight, maybe nine decades if you're l- lucky? You know what that is? That's a grain of sand on the beach of eternity. It's nothing. It's a blink. It's a heartbeat. You know, you're, you're, you're in exile right now. You're away from your true home, but God's given you a mission. You're, you're almost in a kind of school of, of learning, being tested for something much larger than anything you can see with your eyes or hear with your ears or maybe even imagine. And I don't think that, I don't think there's any better news than that. That's the good news for you today, that after death, there is life, that the soul doesn't end with the body. Our bodies are not just us. Your soul is who you, you are. And there's a whole new wonderful existence waiting for you. Father Jim, let's talk about that reality. Let's talk about what happens. So we die. We talked about how fear leaves at the moment of death and how it's almost a transition from one reality to another. There's some commonalities that those who have near-death experiences encounter. They encounter an unbelievable light. They encounter what they describe as a tunnel, but not really a tunnel. It's a tunnel's the best way they can describe it. I don't know what it is. Um, and then they have the life review. Take me through that process, if you could. What has your research found? Experiences have found that there's eight common uh, experiences, and the fourth common experience is that there is a light phenomena, and the fifth, as we were were scored, is the life review. But the most important thing is that that light phenomena. You know, there tends to be an overwhelming, loving, white light. It's not dark, it's not opaque, it's not yellow, it's not red. It's a white light. And of course, white is the sign of the resurrection. And and patients frequently say that they are overwhelmed by this white light, but not in a bad way. They tell us that the light is full of compassion and a desire to fulfill us and to bring us to its own state of love. Uh, furthermore, the, 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 many of the patients uh, who, who see that white light uh, also have seen their deceased relatives and friends. But they notice that they are all loving, unselfishly displaying goodness, concerns, and cares, not only for their deceased, but also for their families that are still on earth. St. Teresa of Lucier, the little flower, revealed that to us. And we also know from children 
that's more important. Jesus loved the children. The children that have had near-death experiences after a cardiac arrest, uh, 85% of the children said that they saw Jesus almost always indicating that he loves them. Wow. Come to me, you children. Come to me. And I, I, I think this, this is what the Christ has already spoken about. You know, he said, my, my, my father is Abba. Call me father. And it, it's always his familiar addresses are used for the children who could have the meaning of what it means is to be my father. And I think Jesus viewed, and in and his interpretation and preaching, as the father as gentle affectionate, trustworthy, patient, compassionate, forgiving, completely concerned with the protection and welfare and advancement of all his children. Look at Luke's parable of the prodigal son, how the father would leave everything and run out Look at Jesus himself. He was always befriending sinners. He was always befriending sinners. Um, you know, the poor, the sick, the sinners. He personally was present to them. He was greatly concerned, and we read oftentimes in the scriptures, he was moved with pity. He cried. They were like sheep without a shepherd. At the Last Supper, Jesus gave all future generations, the gift of his body and blood poured out in unconditional love. And so we humans are loving beings whose purpose is to love, whose destiny is the fullness of love. The unconditional loving God can only satisfy this. I think that's why St. Augustine would say, uh, for you have made me for yourself. And our hearts are restless, God, until they rest in you. Yeah, how beautiful. So, you know, the reality of the next life, and as I said earlier, St. Faustina wrote that no mind, mm. be it human or angelic, will ever be able to fathom the depths of, yep. of God's yep. mercy. And, and what is, who is God? God is love and mercy itself. So I think that's the great mystery of the afterlife. We'll contemplate his love. We'll be in that love. Uh, we'll we'll contemplate we'll experience mercy. it. Unbelievable. Yeah, let's yeah. talk about that other world. I mean, so people pass through this tunnel. They have the life review. They encounter this light and this love. Um, what do we know? I mean, we, we don't know a whole lot other than those who've had near-death experiences or what St. Paul wrote about the afterlife, about heaven, that no eye has seen, no ear has heard the beauty that awaits us. And I know that I've spoken to people who said, who've glimpsed heaven, and there's been seers. Saint Faustina went there. Uh, you know, there's there's been many saints that had glimpsed the, what awaits us. Um, that even the most beautiful sunset or the most beautiful snowfall, the most gorgeous scene you could ever imagine, it pales not by a thousand, not even by a million, by a billion percent. The beauty that awaits us. It's so hard for us to comprehend. 
the reality that God has created for us who are faithful to him in the end. Uh, Are there beings in the other world? What's our encounter with angels, with with people who have passed the test of life, if you will, with with the saints, with God? Talk a little bit about encountering other beings and and being in a new reality. Well, all those near-death experiences tell us that they've seen other people and they were joyful, they were happy, uh, there was nothing uh, subduing them. But I think oftentimes when I talk to families that have experienced the loss of a loved one, and especially if it was close to them, I, I would say, you know, I look at my watch and I say, you know, in heaven there's no time. Yeah. There's no beginning, no end, it's just eternity. And I tell them it may have been 30 or 40 years when your father or mother died, you're going to see them again, but it'll be like you never left them. No. Because in heaven, there is no time. There is no beginning. There is no end. And as St. Thomas Aquinas said, after he had his beatific vision, after he did all his writing, and he saw what was to come, he said, this is all straw compared to what he saw. Yeah, after writing the Summa, which is one yeah. of the great works of the church. Oh yeah, we still, <laughs> we still use it. I yeah. just, I just, I love it. Hey, I only have a, a moment or two left, Father. I, w- I want to go to more calls, but I don't know if I'm going to have a chance to do that. I just want to give you some final thoughts. So maybe, maybe we'll do this. Maybe we'll do a series. Maybe yeah. we'll have you back. We can talk more. We're talking right now just about the reality of of death and and life after life. Maybe we'll talk about heaven. Maybe we'll deal with purgatory. Maybe we'll deal with hell in the days ahead. And, take people through that, that entire experience. But is there anything you would recommend for somebody who says, I'm fascinated by the subject and I want to learn more? What would you recommend they read? Well, you, I, I think there, there is a book uh, uh, Father Robert Spitzer did, uh, it's a four-volume book. It's very heavy, oh, yeah. very theological, uh, but he did a great job. Uh, but I think, you know, I would read, you know, Teresa of Lucier's, you know, the, 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 Her Little Life of the Soul. I mean, because it doesn't have to be big and academic. Because mm-hmm. you see, our real goal is holiness. And holiness doesn't have to be academic or, or, you know, aerobatic. It really is very, very simple. To love God, love our neighbor. And, and speaking about the deceased, I encourage everybody to go to the cemeteries to pray. But there's a line that I, I had learned, uh, which I like. It says regarding deceased it is this to remember is to live wow to forget is to die oh wow well i'll leave it on that note my gratitude to father jim nadeau i'm drew mariani thank you for allowing me to be part of your afternoon if you want to revisit what you missed or you want to share this with someone else you can go to relevantradio.com go to my archives please share it with others okay Until next time, remember God loves you and that you were created to live forever.